Karate Jump! Ow! Karate Jump! Stop it! It's not your mama's Christine <laughs> Podcast! He really did karate chop you. Yes. Yeah, and Tom just sat there and took it like a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Like a punk. Hey, welcome in. Welcome in to Notch Mouse Christian Podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host and karate instructor, Shane. You never did cry your life. Topper say hiya, hiya. Yeah, <laughs> nice good. one, Eric. Hey, how's it going, everybody in uh, podcast land? Good. Welcome to another edition of Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast, the Christian podcast. I think we tell you seriously. I am your host, wow. <laughs> Eric. That ain't right. Wow, that ain't good. right. I just and need people to not I, that good. Uh, you ain't right. That ain't right. I just need people to know. Hey, um, how's everyone doing here on this fine um, Tuesday? <laughs> the week. What is wrong with you today? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, we've talked a little bit about how Shane and I used to be in a band. We've just kind of like touched base on it here and there, but we haven't really like talked a lot about it. Because first off, everyone was in a band. <laughs> yeah. Um, Topper, you ever in a band? Nah. Oh, okay. Besides Topper, everyone else <laughs> is in a band. Um, and we, our band was called Stones of Return, and we thought we were awesome. We were thought we were legit. Yeah. And um, looking back at the videos, we were not very good. No. We were actually pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but but boy, it, did we have fun. It was a ton of fun. Um, we would like sell merch. We did. We got to that point. We went on a tour. Remember yeah. the tour for two weeks? Yeah, with like two shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played. I think it was five shows in two weeks, and we came home during one of it. Yeah. Because the other band was to be with did not book any of the shows they were supposed to so we got and then and then most of the shows we did were terrible remember the show in north carolina where we just got there and it was nobody we played for top we played for it was four or five bands total they were all out of town so we literally played for the other bands (laughs) yeah and then we slept in on some gross floor that night yeah but that was kind of the. That's what we wanted. We went on tour. We wanted to uh, do we that. We didn't kind of, want to play for. <laughs> well, nobody. we didn't want to do that. <laughs> we didn't want to do that part. But the sleeping on gross floors, uh, yeah. tr- driving that's a lot. That's the real experience. Yeah. Yeah. It cost us so much money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we lost a lot of money doing yeah. it. Like we probably lost over a thousand bucks. Yeah. At least. Well, our singer lost most of it because yeah. he had a, he had a pretty good job, so he paid for all the gas. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't pay for much of the and gas. And the people who were, I mean, at that point, how old were you, were you guys? Like 18, 19, yeah, 20, around probably? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. We like just got out of high school. Yeah, yeah. We and we had to pull a trailer. We, were drive, we drove it like all the way up to Pennsylvania, all the way down to North Carolina, and like it's all over. And it was map. not like it was strategically done at all because we didn't know what we were doing. But yeah, but yeah, we we played in a band for a, a long time. Shane quit. I did to go to school, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of fell apart because because I was the glue that kept it together. <laughs> yeah, that's right, just just like you are the host. That's right. <laughs> that's why I got somebody recognized. That's right. <laughs> right. And we played with some fun bands. Uh-huh. What, what bands did we play with from back in the day? Uh, not that these bands would ever remember, but we played. No, with they don't remember <laughs> us at all. We played a, with Showbread. They were on. They were on Come and Live, or at least they were. Yeah. Um, we played uh, Disciple a bunch Disciple. of times. <laughs> uh, did we play like War of Ages? Yep. Uh, um, Kids in the Way. Kids in the Way. Oh. Yeah. We are, we are, we are, we are. Sing a rest stop. Kids in the Way. Yep, wow, that was good. Yeah. That was seventh Day Slumber. Well. Yeah, Seventh Day Slumber. Uh, we played, I mean, there was other big rounds. I honestly can't. Oh, we played with August Madrid before. We did? Yes, oh, yeah. but we were like the very first band. <laughs> they weren't even there I yet. I think it was like a festival. <laughs> like, we, there was a couple, no, it wasn't. It wasn't? They, But they weren't like 
on they weren't like that. They they just signed with um, Solid State at the oh, time. Oh really? Yeah. So and there was a couple like Project A Six, same thing. Yeah. Uh, but but those shows we played for fifteen minutes before anyone got there. Yeah. Oh, sleep August same Burns thing. Red hadn't arrived at the venue. Yeah. 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 I think we played. We we would like play fifteen minutes before the doors opened. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like yep. what it was. Yep. And we and yeah, it was it was brutal but we but in our head we're like we're playing with these bigger bands so it's awesome yeah yeah, yeah that's Never. cool we used to sell merch topper you bought some merch right uh-huh what'd you buy a t-shirt oh sons of return t-shirt yeah yep. how many times did you wear that t-shirt i wore it to bed sometimes <laughs> 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 you topper wanted to support us but yeah. not worth by wearing the shirt <laughs> yeah. so he bought a shirt from us and never wore it just yeah. sat in his in his closet well yeah it just wasn't stylish enough you know, for you. That's uh, yeah, you know. That's like <laughs> what that's like what my wife does with like um, our city on a hill church shirts. Just wears them to bed. I'm like, can't you wear it where people see you? Yeah, yeah. that's messed up. Yeah, I wear I wear my connection shirt out here and there, but um, most of the time it's just at the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be, you know, we're trying to we're trying to be stylish and see and, exactly. And now we don't got time me. for. For these, ba- like, you don't wear band shirts anymore. I still have a couple. I got no, a, I don't some think of that I even shirts. have a band shirt anymore. Mm-hmm. You ever wear band shirts at this point? No. You know what was not good? I have an Ass City's Burn shirt that I'll sometimes wear. Do you ever go to a no? You know, no. Like, you ever go to a show? You're gonna go see like Ass City's Burn or something, and you wear, you wear the no. shirt? No, that's no. that's amateur hour yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't wear the shirt of the band you're seeing to go see the you band. You know, you know who does that? Like the parent taking the kid to the show. <laughs> Or the middle schooler who's going. That's who does that. You grow out of that. We used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did yeah. when I first started. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I'm repping. Repping yeah. it. But then, yeah, you don't want to be like. It's not It's not like wearing a jersey to a football game. Yeah, it's not the same It's thing. not the same. My favorite was when the showdown would wear all, oh, yeah. all of their own band t-shirts and as a band. Yeah. When they would perform. And he would bench press the mic stand. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah the showdown was awesome. All right, so, so this episode we have chad johnson who he started take hold records he then moved to tooth and nail and he was the a&r guy for a bunch of really big bands if um, you know if you're fans of anything tooth and nail then you would know me without you under oath further seems forever um, as he's burned. burned this chad discovered all of these bands well i shouldn't say discovered because they were already bands but he signed them on uh on well me without you was on take hold records and then uh but assigned a lot of them to tooth and nail records so so he did a lot of crazy awesome things with that and then uh he eventually changed it he talks about it how he now started this ministry called come and live which is awesome and um We've done a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. and he was easily the nicest person we've ever interviewed. That's not a slight against anybody else <laughs> yeah. we've interviewed. Everyone, we actually haven't had anyone that was not nice, but he was just oh, like he prayed for us twice. Uh-huh. Um, he kept complimenting how good of an interviewer we were. <laughs> we we were in the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, so we at, we had a nice talk with him. We could have talked for even longer, but we don't want to keep him. So let's just get right to the interview with Chad Johns. Well, we're here with Chad Johnson from Come and Live and uh, from the podcast Provoke and Inspire. Chad, thanks so much for taking some time and joining us here today. 
Yeah, dude, absolutely. Honored to. Thank you. Yeah. So we wanted to um, uh, uh, interview Chad, and, and we were going to have Aaron as well, uh, but he has a family emergency, so so we're stuck with just you, Chad. Yeah, yeah I know. Sucks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. And so, um, Chad, if you could just introduce yourself, tell tell uh, tell people a little bit about who you are and a little bit about Come and Live and how you started the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, my name's Chad, and uh, I, I have had this really funny, um, I don't know, interesting connection with music for years and years and years. I've always loved music, but I've always been worthless as a musician. I can't play anything. I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. I have no rhythm. I can't play a single instrument. Like, uh, I'm, I'm as, as worthless as anyone's ever been from a musical perspective, and yet, and yet I feel like I prove the humor of God daily because he... Um, Jesus just gave me this crazy opportunity to work with artists mm -hmm. and to work in the music world. And so I really love that idea of working with artists. And, and yet at the same time, I struggled to understand how to how to really help bands grow in, in a in a career kind of setting, but what to do with their hearts along the way. And, mm -hmm. and so I was torn between hearts and heads and careers and ministry and all that stuff. And so about um, 12 years ago, I began to really sense God just like preparing me for something else and um, and just have been down going down this wild road of trusting him ever since. I started Come and Live as, as a... Uh, not so much as an answer, but more of a question, you know, more of an invitation for myself and others to step into as to what life could look like if we made Jesus everything. And yeah. um, so I didn't actually start the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh, my friend Ben did, but I am one of the regulars on it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I actually don't listen to podcasts, believe it or not, which is which is heresy. I know. <laughs> Stop recording right now. <laughs> Except but, for uh, this one but, is the only one that, that you make sure you catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is right. <laughs> I have to start listening to this one, but uh, I, I've never been into podcasts, and uh, and so when my friend Ben said, "Hey, let's start this this podcast," I was like, "I don't know, man. Does anyone even even listen to podcasts?" <laughs> and so, of course, now that we're fifty something episodes into it, I realize everybody listens to podcasts yeah. but me, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so <laughs> so it's been, but yeah, it's been awesome, a real mm -hmm. a real joy to just kind of be a part of people's lives and. Yeah. Uh, and the, watch watch Jesus take something that started with just about nothing and has consistently been growing it. So yeah, yeah it's amazing. So, so how how did you wrestle with the the move from tooth and nail where you were and you and you were really successful there and helped discovered some some bands that a lot of us love like Me Without You and Under Oath and all those kind of bands. And mm -hmm. how did you decide that you felt or felt like God was calling you to go to, into this direction and do something different? Like, how did you wrestle with that? How did you get to that point in your life? Yeah, and, and, I, and wrestle with that is a perfect um, key phrase because I did wrestle with that a lot uh, for about three years. Um, I, I had I basically at Tooth and Nail, which you know you guys referenced the labeled podcast, and on that podcast they did a great job of highlighting all of mm -hmm. or not all but s s several uh, areas of stupidity that I walked in once upon a time, <laughs> and um, not thankfully not as much anymore. But um, I uh, I think that that about twelve years ago somebody gave me a copy like like at the time that my sin was at its total best and I was killing it as a idiot just living for himself doing everything yeah. he wanted to I was a porn addict drug addict workaholic ego centered like just really was uh 
all about me and how I could please myself. Somebody gave me a copy of a book called Don't Waste Your Life by a pastor named John Piper. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, read, I began reading that book and, and realized as I was reading it that that's exactly what I was doing, wasting my life. Yeah. And so at, at some point I was driving into the Tooth & Nail offices and um, it was early morning, rush hour, commuter traffic, and I just had this weird strange encounter with God. Like I had never had any kind of experience like this up until this time with God, where I just, I didn't audibly hear his voice, but as clearly as, as I've ever heard him speaking to my heart, I had this, um, I, I heard a question that was five, five words, why are you fighting me? And it was just like he, it's like God called me out on the exact thing that I'd been doing, which was fighting the call that he'd actually placed on my life. Yeah. And so in that moment, I broke down, like, or he broke me down, rather. I started crying. I'm, like, hoping none of my neighbors are seeing me, you know, like, like <laughs> total mess on the, on the Seattle Viaduct. But I remember praying something like, Jesus, write whatever story you want over my life. And I would rather live for you than live for me. And so, um, so that's where it all began, and it, it still was a struggle, a process. It was about two or three years before I actually felt like Jesus um, had really confirmed that I was meant to leave the music industry for full-time ministry. And uh, I, it actually all started, I'd say I kind of blame it. Uh, one of the bands I signed was a band called Life In Your Way. Yep. And they yep. were from Connecticut and a hardcore band. Um, and the singer of that band at a festival called Cornerstone, where all these bands yep. would, have you guys Love, ever been yeah, to Cornerstone? Been Cornerstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at Cornerstone, at the, the fine, well, at that point, the last Life In Your Way show, yeah. you know, in quotes. Yeah. So. <laughs> our final show at that last show the singer came and sort of like met me off stage as soon as they were done and he said hey man I feel like God's given me a word for you and I'm not very good at this but I, can I share it with you and I said man of course and he said well I feel like God in a very short time from now is going to take you from full-time music career into full-time music ministry and uh, and i and i just kind of laughed I'm like yeah dude you just <laughs> proved that you need to keep practicing your prophetic <laughs> gift but uh but thank you for your obedience you know that's yeah. awesome and uh but that same summer within two months two other people in addition to josh from life in your way gave me the exact same word oh, wow. all three completely uh unrelated one to the next in places all around the states yeah. and so the the lord really confirmed the move and has just you know given me a yeah, he had already been putting this passion in my heart um, for more of Jesus and more of the kingdom and more of the things of God. And yet, like most people, it's like, I don't, what do I do with it? You know, like, yeah. uh, like I read the Bible and I'm like, man, this is so crazy. Like what Jesus is suggesting blows my mind. But if I apply this, I might not have a life anymore, you know, like yeah. this might end everything. Like, is my wife going to leave me? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. But so I had also read a book around that time by a guy named Shane Claiborne um, called the irresistible revolution. Mm -hmm. And it was about um, loving the poor and, and li serving others and living, living your life for others. And so it was like, God was, it was like a perfect storm that he had cooking up that yeah. was like, all right. Or, you know, he knew I was on my way out, but uh, yeah. But he, yeah, he helped me. So well, I really resonate with your story because, like, in my life currently, I, I'm a pastor at a, a church here in Baltimore. Um, awesome, a, a family pastor. And over the past year, I've been really feeling the call to um, plant a church uh, in in an area that we actually went to high school. But I'm I'm doing it from a church that I actually really like and like don't want to leave, right. and a pastor yeah. I love, and all this stuff. So once that started to be announced and and things started to go, now we're 
end of August, I'm I'm not gonna be working there anymore. And as as of right now, I don't have a job lined up. I don't have anything else. And it's like a real test of faith stepping out and saying, yeah. "Okay, God, if this is what we're doing, then you better show up because I have two kids and <laughs> and Absolutely. we got to figure something out." So I really resonate with your story of of, and I got the same thing affirmation and like, yeah, this is what you should be doing. Uh, but now it's taking that bold step of yeah. just moving forward, which is the hardest part, really. Yeah. Oh, it, it always is. And, and yet there's something genuinely thrilling about the unknown yeah. and the like, all right, like if Jesus is who he says he is and that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll never let us down. He, he's faithful to the end. All, all these different things. If he actually is who he says he is, then your life is about to prove that. Yeah. And um, there's something both incredibly frightening and really yeah. exciting about like it's it's like i don't know i just think it's like anyone that goes on an epic adventure but in this case the guide who is taking you along the way isn't mostly concerned about your safety he's mostly concerned about his glory yeah. so yeah. it's like oh like you know like yeah. usually you go on a crazy adventure the guide is like protecting you right, yeah, <laughs> right. from all the crazy situations <laughs> that could happen and, and jesus of course does protect us but his, his number one passion isn't our our safety our protection yep. Yep. our yep. his number one passion is his fame and people recognizing who he is and that includes us recognizing who he is so yeah, yeah. um so yeah so lord i just want to pray a quick awesome some sweet blessing over this journey that you have Eric on. I pray, God, that you would so empower him for this church planning endeavor that your spirit would, would be upon him so heavily that it would be one of those crazy stories that could only be told down through the ages because it was that it was that deserving of being being told over and over and over again. Um, so for, yeah, all for your glory. Amen. Amen. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, that's, yeah awesome. dude, that's crazy. I'm, uh, you're my hero. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that is, yeah. that's ballsy and, uh, yeah. and exciting and man, the Lord's going to be with yeah. you. So, yeah. so there's, de there's definitely great. times where I feel like God calls you to a spot where if if you make it through, then there's no one else to blame but him. And that's why I yeah. think it's coming. Like, yeah. you know, if I make it through these next couple of months, then, well, I, it was definitely God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the really cool things about your story, and, and even when you were at Tooth and & Nail, and, and, and mm. from what I learned when you started Take Hold Records, too, is that you didn't just sign bands and then just assign them, but instead you had a relationship with the musicians and the artists, as you've already talked about. And, yeah. uh, and from the label podcast, I remember them talking about how you would have retreats with like As Cities mm -hmm. Burn and uh, Under Oath and Me With It. All these bands coming out and, and you spend time with them because you're investing in them. And they were talking about how they knew that you cared about them. And then it sounds like with Come and Live, that's it's it's um, it's like on steroids now, right? Like it's yeah. it's even stronger. And that's your guys' hope and, and your prayer is that you don't just sign musicians, but you have mm. a relationship with them. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that and how that all worked out for you? Yeah, no, it's great, man. It's a, that's a keen observation, and uh, it's true. Um, I think that what I found, what I wanted to do, and what I felt Jesus told me to do, was to disciple artists and others, or to equip artists and others for a life of risk. And um, what I think has been hardest for me to do over the years, I've been in, in full-time ministry for nine years now, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say that by far and away, discipling artists has been uh, the hardest thing, the yeah. thing that I feel like I've done the worst job at, mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of, I don't know, ad admittedly realizing that discipleship requires a level of skill sets, gifting, um, 
being driven that, uh, that, that has really tested me and pushed me way beyond anything else. And uh, I still, we're, we're finally nine years later moving into the kind of place where I think it, it's, it's um, the healthiest it's ever been, but it's been struggle all along the yeah, way trying yeah. to figure out. It doesn't mean it hasn't. It's also been beautiful at times, mm-hmm. and it's also been really rewarding and really encouraging. But I think that pro- my guess is that many of the artists have probably felt a lot of confusion along the way because early on, Come and Live started as kind of this quasi record label management company, booking agency. Um, just like like trying to do everything to help a band grow and when really deep down all I wanted to do was to help a band be more like Jesus wow. and I really didn't care much about their career success uh, like not in the sense that I, I don't care at all yeah. but at, that wasn't my primary focus anymore I wasn't dude get on get on tours get on the radio singles get do this or do that it's like I was I, I don't care dude. just make your life all about Jesus and yeah. if you become successful in doing that great if you don't I don't care um, it, I, I just had sort of like been released of everything that I had been so driven by, which was ultimately success. Not, not that that's bad or wrong even until Jesus says, Hey, I want you doing this. And I really want you to help them grow at the deepest core of who they are with me Mm -hmm. and success in a, in a commercial kind of sense is really not that important anymore. And it's like, Oh wait, but that's everything that I had once done and what I had become fairly good at. And, yeah. um, so yeah, dude, it's been, it has been really hard. Um, uh, we're thankfully we have some people in our lives now that, that are really committed to developing, um, curriculum training, even the podcast for us mm-hmm. is a, effort to challenge artists. So our podcast is is almost exclusively tailored for artists and creatives, even though, it, you know, of course, anyone can listen. It's not like you can put a, a yeah. some kind of a limit on it or right, <laughs> some yeah, kind yeah. of a, you know, cl- sign this agreement to verify, <laughs> you know, send a song or a painting or something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been really it, it's been really fun to kind of walk away nine years later and to realize that come and live is purely called to invest in artists from a spiritual, relational perspective that has very little to do actually with anything career. Although I do think that the spiritual and all that, when that's in, in its proper place, does affect career. Yep, right. yep. Um, but but yeah, we don't even, we don't sign, we've never, Come and Live's actually never signed bands. We've never had contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never sold music. We've So yeah. it's even though we've struggled with our identity, um, it's been it's been really sweet to kind of land in the spot where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So then, for yeah. for these these bands and these artists, then, and since you've been so heavily invested in the Christian music industry for for, mm-hmm. for a long time too, do you see that there is a a struggle being because it's it's a whole different world for in the music industry. And, yeah. and we've seen a lot of bands who uh, may have started out as a Christian band, quote unquote, or or uh, Christians in a band or all those sort of things. Right. And people don't want to be defined by that. And, and I, and I yeah. understand all of that. But if to be a, a follower of Jesus and then to be in a band and a musician and an artist, how is that struggle for them in that situation? Because there's so much temptation and things in, in that environment. How do they handle that? And have you seen these artists and bands lose their faith in this environment? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think that some artists um, handle it better than others. You know, Mm -hmm. I think some artists do tend to have a um, maybe a stronger core community that they're a part of. 
um, that that ha that maybe at least for a longer time keeps them grounded. Um, I think that the at the end of the day, what I realized within the Christian music industry and what I realized in my own life while there was that discipleship or disciple making, which is from a Christian values perspective, one of the highest sort of um, mm -hmm. standards or, or levels we could set uh, for, for how we know God's moving is others are actually becoming followers of Jesus and not just embracing uh, an idea in their heads. Um, uh, artists that I worked with um, very, very rarely were being discipled. Mm. And, and even though my heart may have been a little more towards discipleship, especially at, um, at the end of my stint with Tooth & Nail, I still was was responsible for A&Ring 20-something artists. So yeah. my my job was to do my job. Right. And yep. then yep. when I could have, and I and I did love having real conversations and prayer times and engaging with, with, my, with my friends in, uh, in areas that they were struggling. But I think I just realized, man, I'm up against... A wall here like this is this is um artists have managers they have agents they have publishers they have lawyers they have um business people they have radio they have all these different people in their lives but very rarely is there a true discipleship mentoring kind of component yeah um and um and so yeah that's so i, I it's at the end of the day i think that i i began to question whether the fruit that that I was delivering, you know, I can't, I, I don't really even like to speak for the artist because I begin to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm borderline judging, you know, and it's yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. I want to speak for me, like the fruit coming from my life, even though there were encouraging things and there were encouraging moments, I wanted more, you know, it's just like, man, I feel like Jesus deserves more fruit from my life than what I'm experiencing, even though I'm at the top of the success hill you know yeah. and uh and it just what it just was a very clear reality for me that jesus you paid such a price the mm -hmm. world has to see you for who you are mm -hmm. and i'm and i'm and, and this is not going to get me there so yeah. there's there's more yeah. and yeah. i just felt like the lord was stirring and it wasn't a i'm angry at you guys i'm upset at you guys i'm judging all you guys i feel like i'm better than all you it was none of that it was simply what God was doing in my own heart in that time was very, very, was significant enough to cause me to, to commit career suicide and, and <laughs> go after Jesus with everything. That's, that's what it was, yeah, you know? Yeah. If I call it what it was, it was career suicide. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have <laughs> savings. I didn't have um, the right kind of emergency fund. I didn't have any emergency fund. Uh, I cashed out my 401k with tooth and nail. Um, I sold my entire record collection. I sold the gold plaques with my name on I, You know, I did anything wow. to be able to provide for my family because I stumbled across 1 Timothy 5.8 that says the man that doesn't provide for his family is worse off than a sinner. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I already <laughs> suck pretty bad as it is. So <laughs> let alone applying that verse to my life. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, I think that the Lord really... I mean, he, he clearly was leading the way and, and empowering me to do what I, I could never have done apart from, from that. Wow. So, yeah, man. But so great. Thank you for yeah, asking yeah. such great questions. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, <man>. um, <laughs> you're, you're the nicest person I've ever interviewed. <laughs> yeah. And we've interviewed well, nice people. <laughs> well, man, that's, you know, that, that is a... Uh, 
I realize that in these kind of a, these situations, we're just meeting, you know, the yeah, world yeah. is going to hear this podcast and they're going to assume that all of us have known each other forever yeah. because by the grace of God, we're talking like, like the brothers that we are. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, this is a first and we're over Skype. And uh-huh. it, yeah, so yeah. I, I don't think people realize just how hard it actually is to, to interview and, and record podcasts and do all that. So, so anyway, yeah, you guys are killing it and, uh, and it, it feel it feels totally natural and I love that. Yeah. So thank our, you. Our first uh, like first 5 to 10 episodes, I've tried to listen to those again. They are They're terrible. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> our first couple Dude, of interviews have, were bad, everything. I have some speaking moments, many many speaking moments that are the exact same way and I'm uh, like, "Oh, man." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so being in the Christian music industry and kind of being behind the scenes of that, um, how have you seen Maybe this goes beyond like the tooth and nail type, but more like the worship side of of the Christian music industry. Mm-hmm. How have you seen? I've seen a lot of like hypocrisy when it comes to that. If, if we can even talk about like King's Kaleidoscope or bands like that, where when you try to be real and authentic in who you actually are, you get pushed to the side. And even like this this week, Eugene Peterson's getting dropped from a bunch of stuff because of some of the things he said about same sex marriage and all this other stuff. So how have you? Mm. What? How, how do you feel when it comes to the Christian music industry and how they're helping or hurting artists to stay Christian or not Christian? Hmm. I mean, the Christian music industry will always have... Um, Holy Spirit, help me to say this right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christian music industry will always have a biased, vested interest in artists succeeding... Um, so that they can um, they can generate the revenue and the sales that that they are in it for. I mean, they're they and that's not bad. That's not a sin. It's not mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't say you can't be in business and make a ton of money. Yep. It just says that you can't let the love of money be what drives you. So, right. at the end of the day, what's so hard about any industry, especially the Christian music industry, is its primary existence is to help artists sell records so that they can recoup their investment and they can continue growing as a business. And and that's all fine and good from a business standpoint, but when it comes to a artist and the, the deep down heart of an artist that may be hurting, that may be struggling, that may be suffering, that may be dealing with a cocaine addiction or, or a um, sexual addiction or what any kind of thing that's going on that's not celebrated as a Christian virtue, um, it's not that that Christians in the Christian music industry don't want that person to get help, but there's always a little bit of a two-sided coin, which is I want you to get help so that you are healed and you're whole and you're better, but I also want you to get help because if you don't, we might, your band might break up and we may stop seeing any kind of sales from your band. And, and so I think it's just hard not to, I don't know how you separate one from the other. Like, hey, yeah. I, I only see you for a person that Jesus loves and who I want to be to, to see growing in God into all the fullness that, that I know you can be. Right. While also thinking, but dude, we're like business partners. So yeah. please, like, like, please go, go get help for your alcohol problem. Because uh-huh. if you don't, like, we may not be business partners anymore. And like, yeah. I, I don't know, like you're bringing me a lot of money. So yeah, yeah. I, it's just a weird conundrum, you know? And, and at the same time, I want to honor 
the Christian music industry, like any industry, is, is, can, is made up of people. So people are both flawed and beautiful. And when you put those two things together, um, you do see that, man, there's so much potential, there's so much hope. Um, so it's easy. I think sometimes it's easier to just like see a, an industry as like the man, you know, the yeah, conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. But the, the reality is that the, it is made up of men and women and and fathers and mothers and um, sons and daughters that are providing for their own families and are so it, it, it's just it's a ch- the whole thing is a real cha- it's a challenge to a point that I didn't feel I could commit myself to it anymore which is why I left it's I didn't believe in it and I, I just yeah. felt like you know a verse like first Corinthians 6 7 says to have lawsuits among you means that you've all you've basically lost already so it goes on to say why not rather be wronged why not rather be cheated and i was like well jesus wait how do how do i reconcile being cheated being wrong with signing a 60 page contract that says if you wrong us we will sue you or if it says if you you know if we wrong you you can do this It, it just felt like like hey me without you i really love your band Mm-hmm. And I think you guys are so full of potential and you, you have so much going on and this is so exciting and you're so passionate. Now here's the 70 page contract that says you won't screw us over and we won't screw you over. Yeah. yeah. But first Corinthians six, seven says, why, why shouldn't I rather be wronged or rather be cheated? And <laughs> so yeah. it, it just like, it just blew my head up yeah, and I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't reconcile it. So I had to either say, suck it up and just be like, I'm not like Jesus. I can, there's a bigger there there are bigger fish to fry or i have to go do something else and uh and so yeah that's the that was the the quandary well we uh, we even see that this same kind of quandaries you were saying in in just church world in general yeah like we're both pastors and and i i planted a church a year and a half ago after being a youth pastor for 10 years and so and it's the same thing because you have to find the right balance of of everything that you're talking about of of mm. like trying to make sure that you're living a a good life that's following Jesus and if you're not then the church has to decide okay well do we he needs to get help but also he's the pastor and how right. is that going to lead our church mm-hmm. and like we talked to Craig Gross who started Triple X Church yeah. and he was saying he's amazing yeah, yeah we loved him and he's saying how there are so many pastors that need help in this area but cannot tell anyone because if they do right then all of a sudden their jobs on the line yeah. their jobs on the line like they they totally. can't reveal that so how do you be authentic and actual help but in the same time if you do you could lose everything like yeah. it's balancing that and i think that that there comes a point or at least there ought to come a point where our passion and uh, where our brokenness becomes so significant that the only hope for healing comes from Jesus and the confession of our sins, repenting of our sins to him and to others that do care about us, no matter what the consequence might bear. And, uh, and for me, that's where I, I, I was like, I'm willing to pay the price. Even if I look like the greatest idiot on the planet, if I lose my house, if I lose everything, if my career goes down the drain, which it did, if, you know, like whatever the kind of cool things that came along with it, if they're all flushed away, 
I'm still willing to go down this road because I feel Jesus is telling me, come follow me. Yeah. And this is where he's leading. So it is, but I'm, I'm reading a book right now called The Last Reformation by a Danish guy named Tor, Torben Sondergaard or some kind of cool, <laughs> cool last name like that. Great he just sound, yeah, yeah, Sondergaard. <laughs> but uh, he hangs out with Thor and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, it's, it's really interesting because it's called, uh, it's, uh, I forget the subtitle, but it's basically like The Last Reformation something about church and discipleship, but it's basically a a book about church Mm. and the challenges of our modern day church structure. And and in comparison to kind of where the church started in the book of Acts and and the small like home fellowship gatherings kind of thing. And, and it is, he does bring up some really good points, you know, Mm -hmm. like even from, which I'm sure as pastors and for me as a full-time missionary guy, I, we have to look at church members or our donors as people that we want to see God move in their lives, right. people that we want to love. And yet at the same time, there, there is in the back of your head this like, man, this person supports me and my family at $250 a month. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, that is, that's real in that mm-hmm. that's there. Or they support our church with, with uh, a $400, you know, monthly tithe or whatever it yeah. is. And so there's, there is this weird financial, what the, what the bad Christian guys, they like that word duality, which <laughs> I hadn't, I don't think I even heard it until I was on their podcast, but, but uh, <laughs> I think it was a Slipknot song I heard too. <laughs> nice, but <laughs> but it, it, that's a good way of, it is that awkward, like, uh, yeah. like, man, we, we have to wrestle with this stuff, but, but clearly Jesus gave us the perfect example of how to love people while also struggling through the realities of finances and, and what this all looks like and how to, how to move forward. So, I mean, Jesus was always wrestling with grace and truth, like balancing those. And there's times where he shows a lot of grace and there's times where he like with the Pharisees, whatever, and showed more truth. Like he was always balancing that and you can't find a perfect, like this is the equation of how it'll it'll work. Depends on every situation. I mean, yeah. The 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 lame person at the pool, mm-hmm. he went and like tiptoed around a bunch of people that were crippled to heal one person. That's not right. fair, but that's right. that's Jesus always balancing that tension, and that's hard yeah. for any of us to do. And sometimes we'll do it well, yeah. sometimes we'll mess it up. Mm-hmm. But if we're trying to strive for what God's calling us, then that's the the best we can hope for is yeah. that we're going to balance that tension as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. True. But when Jesus comes into lives, it transforms lives and it yeah. changes lives where no longer is, okay, I'm pursuing money or fame or, or wealth or whatever, but instead I'm pursuing Jesus like what you were saying. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. And and when Paul, you know, had this job and he's persecuting Christians and he's doing all this stuff. And then next thing you know, Jesus comes in, his life is transformed, and then he leaves that whole world behind and does a lot of what you were saying, career suicide, mm. and, yeah. and changed everything, left everything behind. And then he and then he would always say, of, of all sinners, I am the worst. Uh, yeah. Because he recognized that he needed more Jesus at all times, um, which True. is the biggest part of, of walking in faith and not having all the answers that... that right. Humbling said. yourself right. continually. Yeah. Humility is this, always a starting point. Humble, humble. That's right. Yeah. And when isn't it amazing when, when we walk in humility mm-hmm. and, and when we're transparent and authentic and honest with people, it, it changes things. Oh, yeah. Um, even if it's someone you completely disagree with, if mm-hmm. you are walking in humility towards that person... It, it's a whole lot harder to have a, um, uh, I don't know, like a massive blow up between you because yeah. it's just like, man, I'm, uh, help me understand how you see this. Right. And, and there's uh, respect. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's cool. sure. great. Um, Chad, mm. why don't you just, uh, for everyone that's listening, just, just let everyone know how they can find out more about Come and Live, about you, about uh, the sure. Provoke Inspire podcast. Yeah, so you can visit comeandlive.com and um, find, I think from there all of the information on the podcast, Provoke and Inspire and all that's there. For me personally, uh, my website is chatisliving.com and um, and so that part of, the, part of the beautiful journey of where I'm at is both being a leader within an organization but then also doing things outside of it that, that sometimes perfectly fit and sometimes don't. And uh, I've always struggled with boxes and I always like the idea of projects and different things. So, uh, so it's been, it's been cool that the, yeah, the Lord's kind of afforded me that grace. Awesome. Chad, mm-hmm. we really appreciate yeah. you coming on. It was, we probably could have talked for another hour at this point. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we yeah. barely even Thank got to guys. any of our questions. <laughs> we were just, we just started going. Yeah. Um, well, and if you're ever in Baltimore, Hit us up. We'll, Shane will buy you, you a crab cake, yeah. and I'll join. <laughs> nice. I'm stoked. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me, and I, I really appreciate being with you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.